I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Xu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hello, Dateables. Happy summer. We are definitely in the middle of summer. I'm feeling the heat. We are having a heat wave in LA this weekend and everyone's freaking out. So it's funny, like this is when you... When you have friends with pools, oh, their they're so popular. value goes yeah. up <laughs> during this time. So everyone's scrambling, you know, everyone's like, who's got a pool? <laughs> Who can I come over and hang out with? And I've identified two friends with pools. Nice. So nice. I will be seeking shelter there. But I agree. Your value just goes up. Everyone wants to go to your house all of a sudden. We hear so many of our listeners be like, how do I meet people in real life? Get a pool. Have a pool party. So easy, right? There you go. <laughs> or there just go. go to a pool party if you don't have the means to have a pool. Try to go to a pool party. That's where you're going to meet everyone at once. I don't know if they have this in 
SF. I don't know if this is just an LA thing, but you can rent people's pools. Oh yeah, they have that swimply. Oh, okay, yeah, swimply. Yep. Yeah. So I've been actually thinking about doing it because then you can really have a pool party. Just get like ten of your friends and totally. rent a pool for a few hours, and then you don't have to worry about the maintenance of the pool. Yeah. And there's this other vacation site. I'm totally blanking on the name of it. It's a resort pass. That's what it's called. Yeah. So you can go for the day at like hotel. Yeah. You get like a cabana. I feel like those are the perfect places to have this makeshift pool party. Yeah. You because you don't want your own pool. That's <laughs> it's too much work. Yeah. It's too much work. You do not you do not want to be maintaining that pool but you do want a friend with a pool or at least be able to book a place with a pool i was looking on swimply the other day they have some in beverly hills like in these oh, mansions damn. that have a pool house and a lagoon and water slide wow do i want to maintain that in my own house nope. hell no but do i want to rent it hell yes all this talk about parties you know it's the perfect segue to what we're talking about today too <laughs> a different kind of Party. It's not as innocent as a pool party, but you and I were talking about it. And like while we're on our bonus off season, on season, whatever we're calling it now, we were like, we have so many great podcasts from the archive that, you know, have been buried, right? There's over yeah. 300 episodes now and a lot of listeners you know either came in we we definitely saw a rise of listenership over the pandemic and we have new listeners every day and even if you have been with us since day one often these are the oldies but goodies that have mm -hmm. kept you around so i was actually i'll give a shout out we were on a podcast that just aired um last week it was called down and dirty with darcy it's not what you think it is actually it sounds more in line <laughs> with today's with our topic. episode today it's actually about career growth and how like career <laughs> she's a career coach when you first were like do you want to go on this podcast called down and dirty with darcy and i was like oh shit yeah we haven't done one of those in a while and i was like it's about our career journey and you're like wait what? Like, damn it. <laughs> i think she can do a rebrand if she'd like to eventually one yes, day she yeah she did this on purpose yeah she wants to go down a different path but anyway she is actually my partner's best friend's sister-in-law and we met in tahoe <laughs> over two years ago and we like instantly bonded because she has a big TikTok presence at the time she didn't have the podcast but I told her about my podcast and she reached out and where I'm going with this first of all listen to the episode because it's amazing it's always fun for us to do something a little different where we talk about just how we even got here in the first place but mm -hmm. she also snuck in a few dated questions you know you have to do it when you're talking to us but mm -hmm. I actually met up with her for lunch because it kind of triggered like oh we should re-meet and do this and I started talking about our sex party episode because she didn't know about it right because like when you're a newer listener like it gets buried and she was just like uh holy shit I need to listen to that and we were talking about like what episodes do we want to kind of re-showcase and instantly UA and I were like yep this is one of them well in our podcast description we say from sex parties to sex droughts. And I realize most people don't know that we're referencing yeah. an actual episode yeah. we've done on sex parties. In fact, I think we've done two, right? We've All done right. two of them. We did the virtual sex party. We talked about that over the pandemic. And then we had this one that we were there in the flesh. And we brought a friend of ours who experienced it through a first-timer's <laughs> perspective. But we also interviewed many people that had been regular 
regulars at these sex parties, including the organizers. And still today, my favorite part of this investigative journalism, we'll call it, <laughs> Yue with her mic, like trying to get the sex noises. She's like in the room with her mic, like getting in at people. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, the dedication here. <laughs> Oh, I really want to get like some bodily sounds, you know, just to really immerse you in the experience. And if you've never been to a sex party, I I feel like this episode is actually a great representation of at least the one we went to. But it's so much about using all of your senses yeah. throughout the entire room. And you see a lot, but you also hear a lot and smell a lot. And to the state, this organization is no longer running. I'm sure there's been many other sex parties that have come up since then. So if you know of something else and you want to either talk about your own experience or maybe you're an organizer and you want us to come down again, we would love to do another episode on this topic. How we came about this organization is through a former podcast guest of ours, Kate Horowitz, who's been on the show before this and she invited us to one of her events. And unfortunately, and very tragically, she passed away a few years ago. So we also want to dedicate this re-air of this yes. episode to Kate, who has been so instrumental in the non-monogamy community and also just she was a wonderful friend as well. Yeah, I was able to go to her celebration of life because it was local mm-hmm. and they had photos of her and there's just like this like that you could take home as like remembrance. And I still mm-hmm. have this photo just like on my uh, dresser. It's she's mm-hmm. just so striking in it. And like whenever I see it, it's the memory of just like how much beauty she put into this world too. And I feel like she was just like one of those people that was just so inviting and welcoming and immediately like kind of took a liking to what we were doing. She recognized it also as part of her mission of just continuing to spread the word and let people live the lives they want to live, like do dating your way. Like there's not just like one right way to be in relationships and date. And I feel like we will be forever grateful of the impact she made on us for that. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for bringing us this wonderful opportunity. Uh, All joking aside, I learned a lot from going to a sex party, even from a journalistic point of view. There's so much to be said about just consent, for one. Mm -hmm. You'll see, you'll hear that in this episode. And also just how we view sexuality outside of a relationship. It's a really interesting study into how we view sexuality. And it continues to evolve, right? I think the other part that stands out for me is like the woman's empowerment aspect of Mm -hmm. it. Like you think Mm -hmm. of like back of the day be like oh a sex party it's a bunch of dudes that want like girls you know yeah and that right. was not it at all i think first of all ua and i were expecting it'd be like a bunch of singles and it'd be like people hitting on each other and it was not that at all it was primarily mm-hmm. other couples i would say it was most of the time it was we saw women initiating do you remember that one woman mm-hmm. that like invited like six yes. people towards her she just like yes. kept like motioning for everyone to come on over and i mean <laughs> granted you and i were in film equipment fully dressed probably the least desirable people there but no one like hit on us at all remember right it was very much kind of this like women-led culture and i remember she would point at a guy and direct to a body part yeah (laughs) like you on my clit 
you <laughs> on my arms, you on my neck. It looked and felt really empowering. She was just like, I control this room. But I never once felt like it was a creepy no. environment. I never once felt unsafe. It was really friendly. Everyone's extremely friendly. Yeah, I think too, like you kind of dictated how much you were ready for by just how mm-hmm. open you were too. And I think that was good because they actually persuaded first timers not to necessarily have sex. Like it yes. was more just to observe and get comfortable, right. meet people in the community. It wasn't like, just go for it immediately. Actually, like you'll hear through the interview, like our friend that went with us, I think she was like ready to like go a bit more than it ended up being because it was more yes. of that ease in that was a little less than she was expecting. She was ready. She was dressed and ready for it. Tear away panties and everything. Just kidding. But almost to that extent. Well, you'll see in a sex party situation, it takes the guesswork off the table. True. You know, think about dating. You're like, are we going to have sex? When is the right time to have sex? When you know sex is on the table and it's part of the agenda, it frees you to enjoy the mm-hmm. experience more. So yeah, there were people having sex everywhere, but there was also a fabulous cheese platter that people <laughs> gathered around <laughs> and had lovely conversations. So it's kind of funny. It's like, yes, there is the sex aspect, but some people do just go for the community and to watch to spectate that's nothing wrong with that people that's also part of the appeal yeah i also think like by talking to people and learning their story because kate's husband at the time ben he was one of the other founders and he actually really pumped us up at the speech and was like go talk to them if you have a story to share so we weren't just approaching random people we wanted to be respectful of like yeah we were coming into this situation and that's not really what people expected. They weren't like going to a sex party to get recorded. It was very voluntary for them to come over. But we actually got a lot of people, which was surprising. But I think people wanted to share their story. And I remember walking away after we talked to like a couple people, we saw like a theme that a lot of them had been together since like college or high school. And they never got that period of exploration. But instead of breaking up, they were like, let's try this. And you know, I think there's a lot of to be said about that. Like, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be non-monogamous. Like, I think that's the choice that people make. But I can at least, like, see the perspective and where people are coming from it. And even, like, thinking about, like, your situation, UA, like, how much better would it have been, like, if your partner had just come and been like, I want to do this or, like, I want to try it. It's just the feeling of, like, being blindsided and being, like, you're not, like, in it together. Like, that's taken off the table with consensual non-monogamy. There's just so much communication. You're kept in the loop about everything. And you have those hard conversations, especially about the other temptations. I find other people attractive too. That's just human nature. And with something like this community, it really brings to light that it's okay to have these conversations with your partner. And you'll also hear in this episode, many of the attendees were couples Mm -hmm. exploring outside of their relationship. But you'll hear a lot of people going for the first time and just trying to figure out where their boundaries are in their relationship. It's such a wonderful and like progressive way to push your relationship forward, knowing that it's human nature to, you know, to obviously we're going to find other people attractive and want to have sex with other people. Uh, I've not been to a sex party since then, probably most, most likely because COVID hit and I can't imagine being in a sex party situation now. Although apparently, 
apparently they're back. So when they're I was back. talking to Darcy about this, she was saying there's like a very high end scene in LA. So maybe you should check it out, UA. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've heard about this scene. It's very expensive to be part of it. Apparently some celebrities like to make an appearance at these parties. Of course, but I've not been to a sex party since then, but I do have a really funny story that is tan tangential to okay. this. Uh, when I was working for my old company, Tonal, this was during the middle of the pandemic, we had to go to New York to do auditions for our new on-camera coaches. And we needed a, to- you know, a Tonal needs to go on a wall. And we didn't have a showroom or anything at the time that I- we could have used. So what we did was like, we'll put it in your home. We'll put a free Tonal in your home in exchange for your space for us to do the auditions in. Okay. So this guy with a huge loft in New York was like, sure, I'll take a free tonal, do your auditions, but we're in the middle of COVID. I want to make sure that everyone's masked. I want to make sure that you are all tested every day. He was took all the necessary precautions. We're like, yes, of course. So first day we get there, we set up everything, you know, we go on with the auditions. And I just remember looking around being like, there are a lot of beds in this loft. (laughs) I mean, there's one guy and like five beds out in the living room. Okay, cool. Second day, we come back. Again, masked, took all the COVID precautions, and I find a fucking condom wrapper on the floor. Okay. I'm like, hmm, interesting. I don't know what's going on here. And all the beds are rearranged. Third day, we come back. Belts, <laughs> like leather belts everywhere, like candle wax everywhere. It was a sex party house. I had no idea. We were, we basically went into this house in the middle of COVID while they had sex parties at night. It was like an or- organized thing. We just had no fucking clue. And so like for three days. Wow. We're in the sex party house without participating, obviously. Well, you went to an underground <laughs> sex party without the sex party. <laughs> yeah, which is the worst kind of sex party. <laughs> if you don't even get to watch. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, for anyone that is either thinking about sex parties or actually going, or you're just want to be a fly on the wall. This episode's for you. So we're excited to re-air it. (laughs) Enter the world of sex party. (laughs) Okay. Well, before we get into it, quick announcements at Dateable Podcast, at Julie Kraftchick, at Nonplatonic. Find us on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok. Help us grow our TikTok. We're still trying to get there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slowly but it. surely we will <laughs> expand our tiktok uh what else do we have as an announcement of course exit injury you know we've been talking about it for quite some time if you want to binge if you haven't listened yet it's there for you it's ready we're excited that this is out in the world it's been our little pet project on the side so have a listen if you haven't already okay well before we get into it let's hear a message from our sponsor This episode is made possible by the books The Falling and The Burning by Anna Todd. You may recognize the name Anna Todd from her number one bestselling after series, but did you know that she has also written a new page-turning romance trilogy? The first two books in The Brightest Stars are out now and are perfect summer reads. They're called The Falling and The Burning, just in time to heat up your summer. Set against the backdrop of a military base, 20-year-old Karina is proud of the independent life she's trying to create for herself in Fort Benning, Georgia. A dutiful officer's daughter, supportive sister to a troubled twin brother, and caring friend 
friend to her roommate, she always puts the needs of others ahead of her own. And when she meets a handsome soldier on the cusp of discharge, she's immediately intrigued by him as their uncertain and unexpected friendship starts to turn into something more. Get your hands on these two books, The Falling and the Burning by Anna Todd, wherever books are sold. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't know which path to take. As you all know, I'm currently in the wake of a breakup. And during this transitional period, therapy has been able to help me move forward with support. And I wasn't looking for the type of support in the sense of everything will be okay and time will heal all type of encouragement because I get enough of that from my friends and family. I went to therapy specifically to objectively observe my situation so I can break out of my old patterns. That's why I truly believe in the power power of therapy, because you can use it for such specific moments in your life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dateable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Okay, let's take a look into a sex party. The following content contains explicit sexual content and noises. So be aware before blasting this at work, in your car, or in front of minors. We have partnered with Organ House, a Bay Area community devoted to normalizing non-monogamy and sexual exploration. They pride themselves in a strong culture of consent and safety, and we want to make sure that message is heard throughout this piece, whether you end up at a play party or through your own dating life. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We just came back from a play party. And what's a play party? It's where people go fuck. (laughs) It was a sex party. We've been waiting for this to happen for months and months and months. So it's, you know, Julie and I had like sex party on our calendar for a very long time. A good thing we didn't share that calendar with any of our relatives. But we just came back from one and it was a success. We also brought someone with us. Her name is Natalie. First time sex party goer. She's 32 years old, grew up in the South, and she's been living in the Bay Area for the past 10 years, single and ready to mingle. Hi, Natalie. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, sunshine. (laughs) Let's take everyone through the steps of what happens pre, during, and post a play party. Before the party began, we found Natalie and you know, we were like at brunch, I think, and we met Natalie and we're like, you know, we we might be going to this sex party sometime this month. And she was pretty curious. Do you remember that conversation? I do. Uh, I have heard about sex parties for a while now. And so it totally piqued my interest when you guys brought it up. And then let's talk through what you thought about when we when we brought up this idea of going to the sex party and recording maybe your experience there? It's been kind of a a roller coaster of feelings. Like, (laughs) should I really do this? Do I know what I'm getting myself into? Uh, Is this going to be something that I can never unsee? (laughs) (laughs) So leading up to it, there there were a lot of questions and some apprehension of like, is this going to be my scene? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's 
probably the normal set of questions that everyone goes through. And just to give you guys some background, a few seasons ago, we had Ben and Kate on one of our episodes talking about polyamory and non-traditional relationships. And they're a married couple. They are poly and they throw these ginormous sex parties and they used to do this at their house and you know, at like capacity of like 80 people, but now it's gone beyond like 200 people with their group organ house, with their group organ house. So they, um, expanded into this much bigger space and that's where we were at last night. So before you went to the party, you had a conversation with Kate on the phone. Here's a clip of that. Hi, my name is Kate Horowitz, and I'm one of six hosts of the Organ House events. Um, First, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. We have this conversation with every single member who attends our private events. The goal of this call is to go over our party's consent culture, your responsibilities as a guest, and also to make sure to answer any questions that you have. So let me first start this by letting you know a little bit more about Organ House and what it is that we do. Um, Organ House is an organization that throws monthly public and private events for the non-monogamous community and anybody curious about non-monogamy. You're on this call because you've been invited to one of our private events. And our private events are play parties, which basically means that this is a sex party. You can do almost anything you want here, as long as you're doing it in a mutually consensual way that is respectful of the venue and the space and boundaries of the people around you. Organ House is not just a sex party, though. This is a community of really wonderful people. This is not a club where you're going to come and meet a lot of anonymous people that you're never going to see again. So it's a little different from other sex parties that you might have gone to or heard of before. We welcome people of all gender, relationship, and kink orientations. And that means people might have radically different ideas about what gender means to them than what it means to you or I. Our members have pretty diverse preferences. Some people identify as polyamorous. Some people identify as swingers. Some folks are monogamous, and they're just here for the party because it's really good, if I do say so myself. You do not have to participate at all. You are more than welcome to just come, keep all your clothes on, and check it out. You know, meet people, uh, make friends, and see if this is something that you'd like to try in the future. We like to describe this as a zero-expectation, high-possibility environment. Nobody is guaranteed anything by attending, but anything can happen. So my goal is just to throw a great house party with good music and good people and everything else is a bonus. They kind of give you the ground rules for participating in these parties. And the most important aspect is this aspect of affirmative consent, that you should only move forward with someone if you're totally comfortable, they're totally comfortable, and you've verbalized that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a really cool principle beyond just a sex party yeah um and it's something that our society doesn't actively teach people so that was one element of the community that i thought was um really important and and a good thing yeah so you had a few months to prepare because we thought we were going to that sex party right away but it took us a while how did you prepare for the night that finally happened Well, uh, when we first started talking about this, they added me to the Facebook group. So I just was reading the posts that they were putting up and kind of getting a sense of what the people in the community were interested in and talking about. And it was definitely a kinkier world than I have been (laughs) part of in the past. Um, And, uh, you know, just being open and reading reading stuff about that they posted or, um, you know, that other websites and stuff on the Internet about non-traditional relationships. Um, 
and, and just kind of getting an idea of what philosophy is behind that and uh, it's really interesting stuff. But yeah. most importantly, what were you going to wear? I think that was definitely that was, all <laughs> questioned. I like, mean, Natalie, it's great. We're talking about this like philosophical, <laughs> you know, like conversation behind sex parties. But honestly, you were like, what am I going to wear? So oh, what were some outf- outfit choices and what did you end up going with? Well, at one point I went to, I went to like a lingerie store and was thinking about buying this sort of see-through top with a bra underneath and um, a high-waisted skirt. I thought that was sexy. But, um, you know, you have to go to a pre-party before you go to the actual party or you don't have to. <laughs> and I thought that – so I need to dress in a way that I could go to the first party. So right. I just – I went with a short, classic black dress um, and I had on, you know, like cute panties and cute bra underneath. But uh, – it wasn't like the focus wasn't lingerie. Right. And this one was a James Bond theme as well. So they're themed right. usually, which kind of does help out a little in terms of costume ideas. Yes. Like I know they've done like Roaring Twenties or something like that too. Right. About an hour before the party began, I came and found you as you were getting ready. Yes. And here's a little clip from that. Interviewing Natalie right before the sex party. She's already um, on a bed, so... <laughs> You're already prepared. How are you feeling? I guess I'm a little apprehensive because I have no idea what to expect, but um, I can't believe it's finally here. I feel like we've been waiting to do this for a while. So we're about an hour before the party starts. There's a pre-party. What are some things that you're worried about right now? I really don't want to see a lot of balls slapping. (laughs) Ball slappage. That's your number one worry. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Is there anything you did to prepare for tonight? I showered. <laughs> and did all the normal things you do when you shower, including shaving. Landing strip? <laughs> There's a little more than that. <laughs> well, I think I'm about to find out. <laughs> we'll see. I actually was thinking you should, you're the, really the only person I don't want to see me having sex. <laughs> if I do catch you having sex, I just won't tell you I saw you. How's that? Until tomorrow morning. (laughs) Surprise! Girl, I didn't know you liked it like that. As long as there's no eye contact during, (laughs) we'll be good. Okay, so then it's time for the pre-party. We so it's me, Natalie, and Julie in an Uber going to Oakland for a sex party pre-party. I think the the Uber driver was just like, "What the what fuck the are fuck? you guys doing?" And in the beginning, the three of us were so good about keeping it vague. We're like, "Oh, do you think it's gonna happen? Who do you think is gonna be there?" And then it was like. Are you gonna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this Uber driver just had his headphones in. He's like, uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. We showed going up on. at like the diviest bar also. We're like, is this where we're supposed to get off? And I actually think that was part of like the most memorable experience of the night, too, because the dive bar, you walk in, I just expected everyone was there for the sex party. But the front room <laughs> definitely did not fit. I think there was the like a baseball game going on. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like very like it was bar, like all these like, lumberjacks yeah, in the like, front room very, and like flannel like, shirts. Bar guys, you bar know? Guys. And like girls too. Like, But we're like, is this the people for this play party? But then we went to the back room and then it became a lot more clear because people were dressed in things that looked James Bond-ish. Yes. At least they flannel were shirts. in like, yeah, beyond <laughs> flannel shirts. And 
what are we, what happened there? There was like a lot of things that happened. First of all, we scoped out the room. Right. Like, okay, this could happen. That it was could good to ease in that way. It I was think. definitely yeah, good to ease in that way. Well, we <laughs> noticed was a lot of people were showing up as a couple. Yep. Right. And they were like flirting and talking, socializing as a couple. And one woman came up to us. She's married, but her husband was talking to someone else. And she came over and kind of told us like everyone is here as a lot of them are here as couples, but they do do, you know, independent activities mm -hmm. at a sex party. At But at the pre-party, it's like the foreplay to the sex party. Anything else happened there? <laughs> the the closest I got to uh, probably to hooking up with anyone <laughs> was at the pre-party. <laughs> and a lumberjack-like man came up to me and just kind of stared me down in the eyes and kind of grabbed me by the jacket and shook me around. Uh, but we all thought he was going to the party. We yeah. did. <laughs> we did. That like really awkward interaction. Like, are you guys here for the, are you here for the party? What party? Right. Oh yeah, I'm here for the, no, we're not on the same page at all. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> definitely not here for the party. But he saw Natalie across the room and just had to come and talk to her. So, uh, you know, Julie and I were thinking, oh my gosh, what if she found the one at a sex party, pre-party dive bar? But then we kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and we were, it was like, okay. I was totally impressed with UA's ability to <laughs> get the information out of him, which was that he had a girlfriend. And, yes. Uh, yes. And he kept lingering yeah, and Yeah, but we made a comment. I think this is interesting. We made a comment. If we had run into him at the play party yeah. where he was there with his girlfriend, it would have been totally It would have been gay. fine. Yeah. yeah. But here, like in this context, it was like awkward. It was wrong. And yeah. he was like, oh, he kept saying. Oh, I have a girlfriend and we are in a committed relationship. To me, that meant monogamous relationship, right? right? But at a play party, nobody would ever say that. Right. Nope. It was su such an interesting be context like, oh, to be honey, in. Honey, go do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so around 9:30 rolls around. Yep. We're ready to go to the party that's right around the corner. I feel good. Uh, I feel a little bit um apprehensive still. Right? That's the word I used earlier. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And we walk in. Let's describe what we're seeing, Natalie. Okay, so you walk in and the first open space is the one public space in the in the building. Mm -hmm. And there's people kind of hanging around. But then you kind of meander down this hallway and into the sex cavern <laughs> and there's um there's beds and uh -huh. sheets and chairs and sex contraptions yes. uh was it the dungeon throughout. room that was new that they mentioned and yeah the so the there was a main room and then you go through like a miniature hallway and it opens up into this like dungeon room. And they they kept saying like, this is the new area. This has never been built before. And the dungeon room just had all these uh, contraptions I yeah. had never seen before. And it was, I was super curious what people were going to do. It looked like them. an electric chair in there. Like it did. where you tie someone, mm -hmm. yeah. someone down. Yeah. It's like, like, a, like one of those like... Like medical seats, too. Yeah, oh, the OBGYN <laughs> seats. Oh, yeah. Getting a pap smear. Yeah. And a different, <laughs> different experience. <laughs> but I think what was interesting, at least for me, when I heard like this like community space, like I kind of felt like, oh, this feels a little unsexy. Yeah. 
But like what was interesting, they um Ben, one of the hosts, told mm-hmm. us that basically this space has been bought by people in this community, and that's what it's primarily for at this point. And they really have like done like an amazing job with the space. He really they really did. It was such like it felt like a um I don't know. It felt like a house party in a way. Yeah. Because it was very intimate. But then it was like an elaborate house party. With right. With like decorations and sex the music contraptions. music was like pretty like, there was like EDM, but it was like pretty chill. Like yeah. It wasn't like rager, but it was, yeah. Some of you are going to wonder about the logistics and also like the cleanliness and the safe sex oh, yeah. aspect of, of the sex party. So these are things we noticed. There were condoms everywhere i don't think i found a corner without condoms no nope. lube and condoms everywhere cleaning products everywhere those like disinfectant wipes were everywhere also there was a woman who was in charge of making sure everything was clean all the time so she like went around and cleaned the apparatuses and she like changed changed the sheets so i would say they were as clean as they could get well someone mentioned like people that are so sexually active tend to be very like clean and like concerned with cleanliness because it's so like top of mind and so concerned with stds which the questions and topics people ask here are actually things that people don't really ask like just out and about or on a tinder date yeah one of the things when you're talking about consent what i noticed was when we're in the dungeon room a girl came up to another girl and said can i touch your butt yeah. Did you hear that? And, and the girl was like, oh, yeah, sure. It was like so much consent, yep. even between same sex. But you even know? when we met the girl, we met one girl, we saw another girl down there that we had met at the pre-party. And she even asked, because she at this point was like in her lingerie yeah. more. And she asked, like, can I hug you guys? Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, and we had just like hugged and like met her like 10 minutes earlier at this like bar in a very different context. I'm just so not used to have that sort of uh, behavior, you know, to, to, to ask for permission for yeah. everything. But that's how it is at a play but party. But I think what Kate was saying, when you don't have clothes, when people don't have clothes on or less clothes, even like a small touch can feel very elevated. Yeah, that's true. So that's why like the hugging even needed consent. I actually realized when I was walking through the big crowd before anybody was really naked, that I had placed my hand on someone's back and kind of scooted by them. And I thought to myself immediately <gasps> after I did that, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh. Because because they yep. don't know who I am and it was from behind. And Yep. So That's true. That's true. You just have to be more conscious yeah. than you would normally. As with any house party, in the beginning, not that many people are there. So we're seeing like very diverse people coming in, trickling in. Some are in costumes, some are in lingerie, and some people are just naked already. And some people are in like more standard clothes, like we were like dresses and pants. Yes, yes. Can we talk about what men were wearing a little more? Because I know that people have had that question when oh, yeah. I've told people is like, okay, I get what women can wear with lingerie, but what about the guys? What do they wear to this type of thing? I felt like most of the men, uh, most of them wore just like normal clothes or like tuxes or something like that with like bow ties and ties. Yep. But then a lot of them put a lot of thought into their underwear. Yeah. I've never seen so much unique men's underwear. (laughs) 
Well, the, actually, the most striking guy was the guy in just a normal pair of boxers walking around. <laughs> and they were kind of oversized and puffy. And it looked like he was walking to his door to get the newspaper. There <laughs> <laughs> were, like, some guys, like, that had, like, the blazer. Yeah. And then, like, more of, like, there was some, like... I mean, combo briefs, boxers, like, yeah. all sorts of things. And then some people that just weren't wearing anything. At all. It was like straight out of Magic Mike. Everyone looked like they belonged in Magic Mike. Yeah, but I mean, also some of it was the theme too, right? That's true, yeah. The, the interesting thing was it was uh, one of the hallways before you really get into the party. It has a bunch of cubicles. And so like anywhere if you go to a yoga class, oh, you put yeah. your shoes yeah. in By the an hour into that party, the cubicle was so full. Packed yeah, with clothes because everyone just like drops their stuff. Yeah, so just, like, people just explore. disrobe right there. Yeah. yeah, layers and layers of clothes. There were some women in straight up gowns. Like, yeah, ball gowns. Well, they were definitely taking the James Bond theme very, literally, very literally. So yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Also, I also saw a lot of women who do who did, did some like wardrobe changes throughout the mm. night. Some came in like a dress. And then midway through, they were in lingerie, and then they were, like, in a lacy dress, and then they were, like, in a post-party dress. I don't know. There was just, like, a lot of wardrobe changes. You have to bring a lot of shit to a sex party. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> but the great thing about this party was everybody pretty much showed up by 9 o'clock, right? Like, Yeah. You, someone made a comment, like, this is the only party that people actually get here on time. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to get there for the consent speech, yep. which was given by co-host, Alice. So here's a clip of that consent speech. I have a very important speech that I would like to give before this party happens. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank everybody for being here. There's a shitload of you here right now that is awesome. <laughs> so to begin with, I'd like to go over some ground rules before, uh, before we get started. You can do almost anything you want here, so long as you do it in a mutually consensual way that's respectful of the space around you and the people around you. You also don't have to play to be here. You can just be here, keep your clothes on, and have a good time. Now please only act on enthusiastic consent. Fuck yeah! That's what that sounds like! (laughs) And please don't be afraid to say no if somebody asks you to do something. Please be polite in saying no, and please be polite in hearing no. Please don't ask somebody for an explanation or keep asking over and over again. You can revoke your consent at any time. Uh, We purposefully cultivate an environment where you can test your boundaries, and sometimes you find them. Make sure that you've prepared ahead of time to be able to say no, I want to stop now, when your three lashes in is strapped up on the cross for what sounded like was going to be an awesome time and then actually turned out not to be. Uh, And consent is always conditional on the participant's ability to revoke their consent. Uh, I'd also really like to say I see a lot of new faces here, and I love that. Uh, We're a community, and we're an awesome group of people. And more than this being a sex party, it's a bunch of people that want to come together and be there for each other. So reach out to each other. Say hi to each other. Get to know somebody new tonight. And uh, beyond that, get naked and have a great time. So then we were introduced to Peaches, our sex party Sherpa. She was amazing. She gave us a rundown of pretty much exactly by the minute what happens. Here's a clip of that. Uh, I'm Peaches. Uh, Sex Sherpa, Sexy Dunn Mother also is a name that I go by. The role that I was born to play. What's like, what's 
some advice you give to someone who's never been to a sex party so they host their own orientations and then whenever I bring people I make them attend my orientation <laughs> and I tell them uh, I tell them if it's your first sex party come with the expectation that you're not going to play just come with the expectation that you're and you might not even stay the whole time you're gonna observe you're gonna make new friends you're gonna treat it a lot like any other party where some people happen to be naked and fucking um, and then if you really feel comfortable with it and you feel called to interact with people and play, maybe with your partner or maybe with a couple new people, then do it. But if you come in with the expectation like, okay, I'm at a sex party. I have to have sex. I've got I've to find people to have sex with. Who wants to have sex with me? Uh, you're going to have a really bad time. So just like there's no such thing as taking it too slow. There is such thing as taking it too fast. And these happen every month. So there's no need to rush. Give us that breakdown, the timeline breakdown. Every time. Okay. All right. So this is one of the only parties where it's called for nine and everyone shows up at nine. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets here at nine because you don't want to miss the consent speech. So nine o'clock, everybody gets there. Um, People are in their clothes and it looks a lot like any other party except that there is one naked guy. When you get here, Ellis is naked immediately every single time. Um, which is just wonderful. He's a wonderful naked man. And sometimes one other naked guy. Uh, but other than that, it looks like a normal party and people are kind of mingling and a little bit awkward, sticking with their friends, starting to kind of look around who's here. Uh, the consent speech usually happens by 9.30 and then it's like, that's like kind of the bell of like, all right, like the gong, party's happening. Uh, but still, people are getting warmed up. So 9.30 to 10.30, people are starting to take off their costumes and they're in their sexy laundry, whatever that means to them. And you'll start to see some people playing in the corners. Some couples will start playing. And then around maybe around 10, 10.30, 11, um, you'll start to see couples fucking and maybe they're involving groups of threes, maybe groups of four. And then between like 11 to midnight, things start to really pick up steam. A lot of the horizontal space gets covered. Um, Between midnight and 2 a.m., it's like fuck fest. Um, (laughs) uh, Like a lot of naked people. The laundry has been thrown in a corner. Um, Groups of two, three, four, five, six, maybe uh, will be playing with each other. You'll hear a lot more noises. You'll hear moaning and slopping sounds and people getting spanked and the smells will shift um (laughs) uh and it's really hard to find horizontal space at that point it's uh there will always be people at the bar getting snacks carb loading in between sessions um getting some (laughs) drinks rehydrating and then from 2 a.m to whenever it kind of starts to die down and then it's like the like the people who are going to be up all night and uh, it gets a little bit quieter but then there's still some really interesting stuff going on Um, and that's how it goes every single time it's exactly the same so as the party's getting started I was hungry I need to get in on that cheese platter we talk to people who've been to sex parties and they're like sometimes the food is really good so get in on that food we were by the cheese platter listening to people talking it was just great people watching and we kind of let Natalie roam off on her own and Julie and I went to a different room and started talking to the various party goers that came and there were a lot of couples that were willing to talk to us here's some clips of the couples we met so we are a couple who live together and we are non-hierarchical polyamorous 
non-hierarchical polyamorous. What does that mean? Is that right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, well, it means that like we're basically free to negotiate commitments with anyone in our life in a way that is respectful for everyone, but is not like... I think the thing we're trying to avoid is you're my girlfriend, and therefore there are rules about exactly who we're allowed to meet and at what times. Yeah, we, we don't let anything in our relationship dictate ahead of time the scope of any future relationship. That being said, that all sounds pretty out there. Most of the time, we're just a regular couple. Like, I don't know. We, like, cook shit in the Instant Pot and, like, I don't know, talk about our jobs and stuff. It's pretty normal. And what are your expectations when you come to a sex party together? I'm just happy if I can stay out past midnight. I'm, like, kind of a morning person. So... Um, we just like to meet people, have fun, um, it's a great way to find attractive people in the dating world. And how many sex parties have you, have you guys been to? Like low double digits, like not exactly sure the number, but around there, right? Yeah, and mostly Oregon House. Sometimes we meet really cool people, both of us have like dated people for more prolonged periods who we met at play parties but also sometimes we just talk to some friends for a bit maybe have sex with each other and then go home like it can really <laughs> really vary give us your background what what's your relationship so uh we've been together a little over nine years we met back in college and we were monogamous for i think the first four four years and then we started to open up and so we've had an open relationship since then how does sex parties, how does that play into your relationship? Honestly, it's uh, we're still kind of easing into this scene. So we've been to three of these parties so far, and we so far have only had sex with each other. Uh, it's nice to just kind of be in a room with a lot of people who are non-monogamous, because I'm like, this isn't a thing I can really talk about at work, you know? <laughs> what? You don't talk about non-monogamy at work? <laughs> know it's like but it's like this important thing in my life that I'm spending a lot of mental and emotional energy trying to figure out but I can't really talk about it with a lot of people who are in my life so it's really nice to have found this community where everybody is so open and friendly about it and you can just kind of talk to people openly about yeah like here are the challenges in our open relationship like how do you guys deal with that and your third time here the last two times you only had sex with each other did you guys talk about expectations for today, for tonight? On the way here, the thing that we discussed was, okay, our goal is to talk to three new people and, like, maybe something will happen. But, like, the basically the goal is to try to expand our social net and get more comfortable, like, talking to people who, that we, who we think are hot. Not necessarily, like, a sexual goal. What would you say to a couple who's here at a sex party for the first time? I would say don't assume anything about your partner or anyone else you're going to be interacting with and be be solicitous of how they're feeling. Like, ask questions. Yeah, definitely ask for and pursue what you want, but don't make assumptions that you're going to get it. And then there were some single people who came with friends. And what happens for you typically at a sex party? I find my most enjoyment by making new connections with people and that doesn't involve necessarily involve sex. Maybe we don't even like take our clothes off at all to maybe we play and touch a little bit. Like, all of my deepest emotional connections have truly 
some of them have truly like uh, been evolved from like sex parties and we do other things other than just go to sex parties like yeah like go out to lunch <laughs> like like get brunch like <laughs> go to normal shit <laughs> so what do you think about tonight do you think you're gonna you're gonna have sex with someone tonight I go into these, honestly, even when I have a partner, I go into these, like, when the headspace, like, I don't expect, like, no expectations, high probability. That's always been my way of thinking, and, like, honestly, if, if I'm expecting sex, I end up having the least fun because... I'm expecting it too much or I'm putting too much pressure on myself and that's that's not when I have a good headspace so I like to just just let the night flow the way it's going to flow and if I have sex great if I don't great it's still a good time it's still a good time this is this right now you can't see what's happening right now but this party right now is lit is yes Yes, it is. Trust, honey. Trust. Yes. <laughs> and then there were some words of advice from two of the co-hosts. Here's Ben. Uh, ben, your jacket is off. Is the shirt coming off soon, too? Really warm. Yeah, it'll, it's all coming off pretty soon. I mean, I'm guessing you want to participate in your own party. The honest truth is that the more successful your party is and the more strangers are here, the less you get to participate. So the likelihood of me participating tonight is very low. We've talked to a lot of couples who've yeah. come together. What is like the general consensus here? Do most couples come and they just play with each other? Or what do you see happening the most? We see a lot of everything, and, I, and it's a very individual decision, and it changes for people depending on where they are in their relationship, what they're feeling like that night. And one of the ways that we're fundamentally different from a swingers party is that there's no expectation that it's going to be like two couples swapping partners because it just doesn't work very well. So people do their own thing. And I mean, you can tell there's a lot of people here that are just chatting. <laughs> and then here's Ellis. So basically you got naked before everybody else. Is this sort of like a tradition for you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much naked 100% of the time, every time that I can be. Do people recognize you with pants on? Oftentimes not. It's been a very serious problem in my life that people will not actually recognize me with clothes on. <laughs> Any words of advice for people coming here for the first time? It's not nearly as intimidating as you think that it is. Uh, it's entirely possible to just come here, keep your clothes on, and not have some creepy person come up to you and make you feel really uncomfortable. And in fact, it's mostly just like any other party that you've been to, just you're allowed to have sex and express sexuality here in a way that you're not allowed to in almost any other circumstance. And does your nine-inch penis have anything to say? As its lawyer, I, uh, I have to stop this line of questioning. <laughs> so as Julie and I are in the front room talking to party goers, what happened to Natalie? We want to know, <laughs> what were you doing in the other room? Because we didn't follow you around the whole time. Um... There was a there was a time that I was talking to a couple um, and, you know, just talking about their experience at parties. And um, I was doing my own little journalistic uh, <laughs> endeavor. Um, I walked around, but it was definitely I didn't necessarily feel totally comfortable just standing in the middle of the room without knowing anybody. And mm -hmm. I guess. That gets to a point, which is this really is a community. Mm -hmm. And so many of the people in the room knew each other, had, um, you know, 
relationships that predated that party. And you got the sense that to really be part of the community, you needed to know people. Or at least come to more of these events. Right. Right. Because it did feel like a lot of people knew each other and they knew each other very well. But they do, they're so welcoming of they newbies. They are, yes. Yeah. And they kind of like, you know, let me show you around. But when the party starts, you know, they have their own business to do too. Right. But also I feel like a few people mentioned that they wouldn't necessarily like hook up or play with um, a newbie, mm-hmm. which and that's, was an interesting And that's part. what we heard from a lot of the couples and the people, you know, a lot of the party goers said, if you come, you know, the first time here, don't expect to play. Don't expect to get action. You're just here trying to take it all in. Acclimate. Yeah. Acclimate is a great word for that. So you're walking around. You met a couple. You're, you know, just trying to take in everything that's happening. Describe to us what you're seeing. Um, Well, I think right after the consent speech, people started to engage. And so... (laughs) Um, there was a woman who had been naked basically since she walked in the door and she gets on the stage and spreads her legs and puts her arms up and starts getting whipped. Um, and she had these big welts on her body. Yeah. And, and obviously, like you mentioned, there's men walking around naked, just lots of penis everywhere. <laughs> Which was cool. A lot of big penises. But I guess it's self-selecting. At a I guess it party. is. Wow. We were, yeah, we were kind we of We were lying. very impressed by the size and girth of the penises walking around. And of course, the men that they belong to. But not, not to say that all sizes are welcome. So yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was definitely like, it didn't disappoint. <laughs> Let's hold that thought for a quick message. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm 
often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What else? What else were you saying? It was a carnival for the eyes. Um, <laughs> there were people being tied up. Um, you know, just the middle section where there was basically an orgy going on. And at some point, we walked up the stairs and kind of got an overhead view of yes. this which was actually kind of cool. But it was different than watching porn. I think that was a striking mm-hmm. thing is it it, it it felt different. I don't know how to say. Well, all your right. senses are being stimulated at this point. I mean, when you're watching porn, you don't really know what's going on in that room. But well, even, you're through a screen too, you're right? Through a screen, like here, you're, you're just there. Like so, there's a there's um a feeling of like you're watching someone else without without their permission, in right? A way. And both of you said you were really uncomfortable watching other people. we had, like, a top area <clears throat> the three of us were standing in, and, like, a guy joined us, too, and was kind of watching as well. Yeah. But, like, we felt, like, awkward. Like, I felt like I was, like, shouldn't be watching, but then I'm like, this is why people are here. Exactly. And we asked Ben about it, and he's like, no, people like to be watched. It's totally cool. At some point, I just want to grab some popcorn I wanted to watch. It was just, <laughs> like, so entertaining because in the beginning, there was just a lot of foreplay, a lot of, like, whipping and tying up. But then probably half an hour later, people were fucking. There was definitely penetration. Yep. And in that main room, when you have a bird's eye view, you see like six or seven couples going at it. And the configurations change pretty much by the second. And it's just really a feast for your eyes (laughs) the entire time. I remember going down there to talk to Ben at some point. And he's like fully clothed and he's running around. He's like trying to make sure everyone's having fun at this party. And this couple behind him... It's going so hard that his body is vibrating because he's sitting on the same bed, but still trying to have a very normal conversation with me. And this couple's just like, oh, oh, going at it. I'm like, wow, this would never happen anywhere else. Well, and I will say, in a way, it wasn't that weird. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that weird to see other people having sex. I don't know. It just Right. I thought it would be more strange, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but why is that? Because... 
Because your expectations were there, right? You knew people right. were having sex. Exactly. Exactly. I also thought what was really interesting about the whole experience was it was really empowering for women. I kept seeing women initiate yep. and bringing different men. There was one girl in the main room. She had like six men on her. And every guy that walked by, she'd be like, join, join. <laughs> she was like the queen bee right there. Like, yep. come join us. And then she'd be like, okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> she had like six men on her, like touching every crevice on her body. Pretty much amazing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and what what happened to you, Natalie? I, I still don't know what what really happened. Well, <clears throat> I think that uh, my my role was mostly as voyeur. Like I was watching, I was observing everything. So I mean, I don't mean to disappoint anyone, but I didn't. <laughs> there was I didn't, no penetration. There was no no not even kissing, um, which I felt like I would definitely be down for. Um, but like I said, I think it takes time to get to know a community. And really, I mean, you you don't just walk up to someone and start having sex with them or making out with them unless you've been making eye contact all night. So, you know, you you needed to build yeah. a relationship. And I think probably because this it was totally new. It was hard to even really be comfortable flirting with someone. Um, I don't know if that would be the case if I went a second time, but certainly that first time you're just kind of overwhelmed with all of the newness, all of the everything yep. and and how does this operate and what are people going to be doing throughout the night? But that was in line with what everyone said too. Right. Like they were actually like a lot. I was surprised how everyone was like, I think when you go in with your expectations that you're going to have sex, it's actually not met. And mm-hmm. that's like kind of like a misnomer that that happens necessarily every time. And like most times it's actually like does take that time. And like one woman was saying that like every time she meets someone and then when she sees them the next time, then it like kind of opens that door. So, and, and who was it that told us um, most people who go to these sex parties are introverts? Yeah, and that it was takes them a while yep. to come out. And one of the things that really helped with the awkwardness in the social situation was the people getting naked. Yep. When people are naked, you just have like no wall, <laughs> literally no but wall. It's kind of like any party or any community. Like if everyone knows each other and you're coming in fresh, there's an yeah. adjustment period. And I think that's what happened. And the more. You get to know people, like even the women we talked to next time if we were to go back, we could see them again and then they could introduce us to people. It's kind of like just typical parties. Yeah, very typical. And what um, one of the other things I noticed from the party was that there was something happening pretty much every corner. Even if you go to the bathroom, which was yep. an all gender bathroom, people are making out in there, showering together. I actually walked in and this girl was like, oh, she was talking to someone else. She's like, do you remember us showering together last time? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that could be an area yeah. where you meet and socialize too. People were in the sauna together. It was like a lot of things happening. But that being said, like, I feel like people were very welcoming mm-hmm. and friendly. So mm-hmm. it's not like they weren't. I think it was just like us as newbies, like yeah. you had to get adjusted. But people wanted to let you in and bring you and talk about this yes. with you. Yes. Okay. And then was there anybody that you were eyeing? Natalie? The guy in the blazer. I remember you talking about him. I I don't think I ever even got near him. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, because there was one person I saw at the pre-party that I never saw again either. I mean, there were like, what, 200 people there? 250? Yeah. 
Yeah. It didn't feel like it, though, because it was so spread out. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know where they're hiding out. And they That's looked... true. They could have been, like, in another room that was, yeah. like, not where you were. And some people come, when they come as a couple, we notice some of the couples come, they have sex, and then they leave. Yeah. They didn't really engage well, with other people. there were two types people. of couples. I think couples that had maybe been before. And yeah. it, sound, it seemed like one couple we talked to it was their first time, and they kind of did their thing then left but other couples that maybe came more often did that the first time but then the next time got like eased into it a bit more and then eventually got to the point where they were like doing their own things yeah Yeah. it does seem like a process for couples who go that they're not necessarily always open to the idea of playing with other people but they they're they want to play with each other in that space right and whether they move beyond that and start playing with other people is you know, each individual couple does something different. But it was yep. interesting to see that yeah. spectrum. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Now, before you went to the party, Natalie, you showed me your new underwear because you were really <laughs> proud of your new underwear. Let's say at the party, someone came up to you and said, can you show me your underwear? Do you think you would have done it? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would have been like, okay. But I feel I like, like she think anyone would have even said that. No. Like, it felt like mm-hmm. that wasn't the way, like, the conversations were happening. That's how I thought it was going to go. Right. And it was actually a lot more normative than that. <laughs> I think if you wanted to show your underwear, it was kind of on you to strip down and show yeah. your underwear. And then that would open the conversation. I think if someone came up to you when you were fully in a black dress, it would have been invasive to be like... Show me your underwear. Yeah. And actually, I kept wondering when people were saying, you know, everyone gets naked. It's like, what, how does that, what does that look like? And why does everyone get naked? But now that I've been, it makes sense that like, when you take your clothes off, you kind of invite everyone to let that wall down with you. Yeah. But I also like people did stress like a lot. And I saw this as well as like, you didn't have to do anything. Mm -mm. This was all up to you and your comfort level. You could strip down a hundred percent. You could wear like a bra and underwear boxers, or you could be fully dressed as we maintained. And no one like, no one like gave us like shit for being like fully dressed, but we also didn't necessarily invite the attention as much. That's true. That's true. It's, Yes, you can totally just blend into the background at a sex party, or you can come out and do your thing. It, that's kind of the nice thing, right? You have the choice, right? An option, and to maybe do that. it's one of those things. The more you go, the more you gradually ease into it. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of our takeaways from this whole experience? Because I would definitely say it was an experience for all. <laughs> <laughs> so many. So many. I think one thing I found interesting was I think my expectation was kind of all or nothing. Like when I asked, like people asked me about the party, they're like, are you going to have sex at this party? And it was yeah. never like, oh, maybe like we could like lightly like make out or like all this like middle ground, which people started to expose me to as we started talking to them. They were like, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. There's many different variants that you can go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the other the other striking point was the community aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you're part of the community, the more comfortable you'd be participating and just engaging with other yep. people in the room and um the community really fosters that. So mm-hmm. it seems like something where if you go a couple times, you meet more and more people, it becomes more and more comfortable. Totally. 
I, I mean, piggybacking on that um, community aspect, we spoke to a couple who said, well, we're going through something in our relationship and we find that when we come to this sort of community, people are understanding of it and they can give us advice about where we're going through. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because I think a lot of couples go through these, um, an evolution in their relationship where they're kind of going outside of non-monogamy or non-traditional and they don't know who to talk to. Yep. And this is the perfect community to talk to. And it's funny because you wouldn't think that this would be like a place where yeah, you can like, like a therapy. Ch- chat <laughs> and talk to people. But I think that was also something that we found is like, yeah, there were the people having sex. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there were people that were just like chilling near the cheese and like yeah. having conversations that felt more just like a party. It wasn't like all, again, it wasn't that's all or nothing. It was, very tons of different middle ground. Yeah. And you could literally just come, get your business done and leave. What business? <laughs> <laughs> business. Get whipped, get tied, <laughs> learn a little something. I think if you network for a job, network, business yeah. objective, a lot of people network. <laughs> but if you were curious about, let's say like rope bondage, I think this is like a great place to come and, and be an intern, you know, like, hey, can you show me? Well, you how can to observe do that? too. Yeah, you don't have to do anything, like, which is also really nice. Well, and I will say, even just being part of the Facebook group, I read some posts about rope bondage, whatever mm-hmm. you call it. Um, and then I was interested in it, and I looked for it at the party, and I saw some people doing it, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is what it looks like. If I was interested in doing it more, this would be a good place to continue yep. talking to people yeah. about it. Yeah. And I think, like, what also another takeaway is obviously, like, being open. Like, this is definitely something that isn't necessarily, like, the norm. Mm-hmm. But everyone there definitely had a very open perspective. They, like, a, a lot of them talked about, like, how it changed their views on sexuality. Yeah. And just, like, not making it necessarily a transactional thing or, like, necessarily a ton of emotions, but it could just be a fun act. Yeah. So I think that was all really interesting. And also, I mean, to me, like, I was definitely expecting it to be more of, like, a singles meat market. Right. And it did not have that vibe at all. At all. Well, then we went to Harper and Rye afterwards, <laughs> which was <laughs> such a different environment because we left okay. around 1 a.m. and we didn't get to the point where uh, Peaches said, you know, at some point there's no horizontal space. Everyone's vertical. I, we didn't get to that point yet, but <laughs> we will be back for one of these parties again. So we decided to go to Harper and Rye. And the minute we walked in, all three of us were like, wow, this is such a different vibe. We need to like get reacclimated to like just a typical bar. Typical bar <laughs> where everyone's closed and there's no like I, I don't know, when the clothes are off, you just don't feel like there's like intimidation and in talking to someone. But when the clothes are on, you're at a bar, everyone's just still like to themselves. But right? more people approached us at Harper and Rye than at the actual bar. That, that's, oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but there's something about like at a sex party when sex is always an option, it kind of takes the pressure and the attention off of sex. Yeah. But when you're at a bar where sex may not be an option, it makes it kind of a focus. Definitely. Right? It's yeah. so weird. It was weird. It and was we, right. We had to like reacclimate. Yeah. Because it was a totally different vibe and world and yeah. And that's why it was weird when those guys came up to us. We did get approached more at Harper and Rye cuz then we to me it was like, oh, the underlining purpose is you want to have sex. <laughs> but then when we were at a sex party and someone came up to us, 
I just be like, oh, you're curious to get to know me <laughs> because we could end up having sex. It's a different vibe for sure. So would you go back to a sex party again? Yeah. Yeah, I would go back. Um, what would you do differently next time? Well, I think I'd want to go with someone who maybe was interested in engaging a little more, mm -hmm. um, maybe even as a couple, because it did seem like people were a little more interested in going dealing with couples. So I think that would make it easier to have sort of a partner in crime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It became clear that you should probably hang out with these people, not necessarily at the sex party. Mm -hmm. um, and that when we went to the, the happy hour before, we were able to meet people and that was more comfortable with those people in the sex party. And if mm -hmm. you go to the events and get to know this, the group of people that you're going to the sex party with, that would just facilitate more yeah. activity. Yeah, for sure. And just like openness and just comfort. Definitely. Yeah. But that's with anything. It we is. say it on our podcast all the time. If you want to meet someone outside of online dating, you just have to do an activity where you see the same people over and over again. Right. Because that's where the attraction builds. And I think a lot of people give like go to something and they're like, oh, this wasn't great the first time, never gonna go back. Yeah. But like we talked about with everyone here, like their expectation is like the first time you're just not gonna you're, do anything. Yeah, you're not. So it's kind of like even if like you join like some like I don't know, like rec sports league. Like maybe the first time isn't great, but you should just like keep sticking it out yeah. and seeing if like the relationships can build. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Anything else? Any other takeaways? It was definitely a new experience and I appreciate you guys getting me there. <laughs> Cross it off that bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> and here's a clip of you in the Uber coming back from the sex party. Oh, Listen I forgot about that. <laughs> We're in an Uber back to the city. What was something surprising that you saw tonight? No, you know, I guess maybe almost in that it was less graphic and shocking than you might think. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of pornography and uh, this wasn't anywhere, you know, near the worst thing I've ever seen. And so maybe, maybe the lack of shockingness to it. <laughs> you didn't get to show anybody your underwear. I know. Maybe you'll get some tonight. You're all like revved up for something. <laughs> Put that underwear to good use. All right, Thank so. you, Natalie, for doing this experience with us. Bye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> all right. If you guys are interested in attending some play parties or sex parties, definitely reach out to us. We can connect you with the right resources, especially with the Oregon House. They're huge and they're ex extremely welcoming of new people. And if you just want to get in touch with us in general, listen, we always talk about getting feedback on dates. We want feedback from you guys. That's what, how we can improve the show. That's how we can move the show forward. So please reach out to us, okay? And on that note, stay dateable. We want to thank Oregon House again for allowing us to record this event. And just so you guys know, these events are private and require you to complete an application with referrals before attending. If you're interested in this community that is normalizing non-monogamy and sexual exploration, visit OregonHouse.org. Your action item for this week is to explore your curiosity. 
Make a list of all the things that you've been curious about, whether it's sexual or not, and make it a point to cross at least one of them off your list this week. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Thank you.